Hello and welcome to the On The Burst podcast. I'm your coach, Brandon Savage, and I'm joined by my trusty assistant coach, Timmy Moody. How are you, Timmy? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What's going on? Yeah, um, yeah, not a great deal. I guess it's happy time of year, just sort of uh, knocked off for... Uh Christmas for the year? Well, yeah. So this is being uploaded on the 27th of December. So um, how was your Christmas? Well, I don't know yet. Hopefully <laughs> I, I turn up. Last year I didn't turn up to family Christmas. Oh, what? Yeah, because I was hungover. I just couldn't get out of bed. But What do you it, mean, like on, on Christmas? Yeah, I didn't turn up to Christmas lunch or anything. I was like, no, nah, I'm staying in bed. Like Christmas Christmas Day? Yeah. That's a big deal. You stayed in bed? Yeah, yeah. But do you want to hear the funniest part of it? It wasn't the night before that I went out. It was the night before that. It was two nights ago. So I'd had such a big one. I just sort of needed a good two days in bed. And then I sort of joined into the Christmas festivities on Boxing Day last year. So there's a lot of uh, expectation to see me on Christmas Day this year for the fan band. Did you just not show up because you knew Boxing Day was up your sleeve? No, I just was dusty as and did not want to be around. Right. Christmas, I was at a big one, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but I wasn't prepared. I didn't know I was having a big one. I was just going out to catch up with a buddy that had moved to Melbourne. Mm. And so him and a couple other mates and I all went out and it just, just went wild. So, What is your Christmas like? Like uh, for, for mine at the moment. So, uh, yeah, my Christmas that we had two days ago was actually um, – well, well, Yeah, so no, we, we, yeah, we're – we're not going to live in the imaginary land. Look, this is what it is. <laughs> no, so it's Friday. It's Friday. We're recording on Friday, yeah. um, but it'll be uploaded on Wednesday. We had to get it out of the way, obviously, before the festivities happen, but um, it's Friday today, and on Monday, when Christmas happens, in the morning, we're going to my wife's parents' house, which it's just them two, so it'll be me, my wife, my daughter, mm-hmm. and then our lunch is just me, my wife, my daughter- my mum, my two brothers, my brother's girlfriend, and my sister. The closest ones you need around. It's good. A lot. When growing up, like You're expecting the whole family tree to come well, out. Well, well, growing up, that's what it was like. Great auntie had no. Yeah, it's always a bit different when you're a kid, but it seems it seems a lot bigger. But to you know your kiddos, it probably seems massive to them. Look at all these people. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like I used to have like about like my mum's got like six brothers and sisters, so. Lots of cousins around. But, yeah, for me these days I go to one of the cousins' house. She was in a real snazzy place. I can't tell you where it is. Not that oh, it's why a, not? Not that it's a secret. I just don't know where it is. It's that snazzy. Okay. It's like <laughs> – Fair it's, enough. It's, out, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good drive. I think it's about yep. – it's a snazzy area. It's like it's acreage and it's very, very fancy. Silverdale. No, it's, it's a bit further. I don't know where it is. I, I, I just sort of get in the car and – Turn up, yeah. Well, when all oh, some years I turn up, not last year, obviously. I hope anybody listening, um, I hope you had a good Christmas, and you know we're lucky. We probably got the family we have because mm. there are people that would have less than what we have. So, oh, of course, yeah, very, very grateful. Um, but we're here for the on the burst episode, and breaking news today: Carl Webb, um, very sad. Yeah, passed away. He was, um. Struggling with motor neurons disease, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and um, yeah, forty-two years old. Um, very young. Personally, I'm thirty years old. I don't remember too much of him, but what I do remember of him, he was the toughest cunt. Like he was, he was such a bull on the field. He was. <laughs> I just thought the C word was a bit just all save that for about like a week or a week later or something. But yeah, like tough bloke. Yeah, hundred percent. He's no, he, he was like he was the man. toughest bloke on the field by far. Yeah, he was. He like he kind of like for me. What my memory of him is, he just looked like the guy you'd be super scared of when you'd play footy against. Mm, like, yeah. Yeah, there'd be just that one kid that just looked like he'd done juvie or something. Not to say that Carl had done any sort of time or anything, but he just no. looked mean. And he, I remember him and Tony Carroll being in the same side for the Broncos. Mm. Jesus Christ, that would have been a scary combo to come up against. Um, 42 years old, so young. Like I remember I used to hear people passing away at that age and used to be like uh, – a lot of people would say that was young. 
And I'd kind of think, oh, it's not really that young, but I'll be forty-two Jesus, in four years. Yeah, Jesus, like looking I at hope. that, <laughs> looking at the age we are now, like it's not that far away. So, um, yeah, hope his family's doing well and um, oh, the best in a bad situation. Yeah, good but, game. But yeah, I guess that brings us to rugby league. Like, I wanted to bring that to our first topic. Um, I didn't know much about Carl Webb. I just knew he was a really tough bloke and a tough player. But that's because I really enjoyed rugby league from the ages of eight to probably 12. And then I I wouldn't say I fell out of love with rugby league, but during my teenage years, I just worried about a lot of other things. Like I trying love to play, pick up chicks. Trying and, to pick up yeah. chicks, like playing Xbox. and Your rapping you know, career was obviously... Well, kicking off, you <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I didn't really... I know what you mean. I had a bit of a... Big, yeah. big break when it was – and then you'd start to get back into it with the boys and then when the boys start to all get misos or whatever and it's just you and the footy, that's, that's my it. wife, you know, so. Well, yeah, I got back into it when Mikey got me back into Supercoach when I was probably 20, 21, oh, maybe 22, 22, 23. Actually, it's probably 23, 24 even Supercoach got me back into it, and I remember the year I was doing it. It was Steve Maddai was one player I chose in Supercoach, and he wasn't a very good Supercoach player, but he was a good like Gun player. Play, yeah. And it just that year taught me a lot about Supercoach, and the next year I ranked in the top 1,000. So I would say 2014 I got back into it. 2015 I did quite well, and then from there I played really seriously from there. Um, and – that got me into rugby league, like passionately again. So what's your story with the rugby league? How did you kind of well, I played it growing it? up as a kid from yeah, under eights to like fifteens uh, and then when I stopped playing, I reckon about that age I sort of lost a bit of interest watching it as well. I was sort of more into doing other things on the weekend and not so much watching the footy. And then once I so – I'd say I really got back into it in my early – Probably my early 20s and then more hard into my late 20s and just obsessed with it ever since. Do you think it was the style of footy that kind of made people not really be in love with it? No, I don't don't think so. Not for me. I think it was just the age and what interests I had at the time. Because I remember during that time, like, Melbourne was so dominant and the footy was very structured, like – it's structured at the moment. It's probably more structured than it's ever been at the moment, but at least there is room for off-the-cuff footy, whereas before I feel like it was really structured and not much off-the-cuff footy. Yeah, the wrestle sort of came into it. it yeah. A bit lower scoring. It was hard to get tries and stuff for a bit, especially if you played the Storm. Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, they pretty much as soon as that happened in – what year would you say it is? 2011, I think that came in. So oh, it was lifetime the, frame of things and times a concept. I even terrible. That. Actually, no, it was two thousand six. Um, after the West Tigers win, apparently the West Tigers year pretty much instilled in the Melbourne Storm that off season that we need to do something about these quick play the balls and them mm. getting up and playing so much off the cuff footy. I'm pretty sure it was two thousand six, leading into two thousand seven. Yeah, just sort of thinking back and like I remember the 2005 grand final just at a mate's barbie. So yeah, like even the years that I wasn't like massively obsessed with footy, I was always watching finals footy and oh for sure, me too. That grand final day was one of the best days of the year. Someone always have it at their house and it was cool. So yeah, yeah, I, I always I never missed. Oh, I didn't miss many grand finals, but can you name? All the grand final winners from no, 2000. No I got the worst memory. I couldn't name the you know right, the last well, the last th- three right, things well, I had for let, dinner. Let's try and go from 2000. So I'm pretty sure 2000. I want to say the Broncos. I don't remember who 2000 was. 2001 was Newcastle. 2002. I'm not sure. 2003 was Penrith. 2004 Doggies. 2005 the Tigers. 2006. See, 2006 to probably 2000 and 2010 was St. George. 2011 was Manly. 
Or Melbourne. Yeah, I don't know. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, we shit. don't know this. <laughs> Let's move on. And then 2012 Roosters, 2013. <coughs> Wait. 2013 was the Roosters. 2012 must have been Manly. 2014 was... I know who 2014 was. It was the Bunnies. 15, Cowboys. 16, Cronulla. 17, Melbourne. 18, 19, Roosters. 20, Melbourne. And then, you know, the rest. Oh, I forgot the last three years what happened. <laughs> Penrith, yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, I actually asked MG when we got trained by him, can, do I think they're going to go four in a row? And the talk around the camp is, may the fourth be with you. That's all he said. He said it like three times. And I thought he misheard what I was asking him because he said, may the fourth be with you. And I, I was like, I didn't ask him about Star Wars or anything. Mm. But then I asked it again and he said exactly the same thing. So may the fourth be with you is the Penrith saying this year, dare I say. Yep. Been thrown around on the uh, Panthers pages for a while. Oh, has really. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Pretty much as soon as the grand finals won. What do we call the next one? Well, I'm pretty. What was this one? It was climbing Everest, or was that the last one? And then this one was hunting history. They've had a theme for every year. Yeah, they had the um, Top Gun one. The Everest was the first year. Top Gun was the second, and this was just the undisputed. Was it being undisputed? No, hunting history. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So. The reason we've come here today is to finish our moment series. And I thought from five to eight, it was pretty boring, to be honest. I've looked at the top four, and I think this is where it gets a lot more exciting. I think there were teams in the bottom eight that there was a lot of exciting moments for. Yeah. Five to eight was a bit... I mean, I would say Newcastle was probably the most interesting from five to eight, but one to four, this is where it gets really interesting. So let's go number four. Do you want to kick it off? Yes, that'd be the Wars. All right. So best moment for the Wars. I have got, oh, she's got an itchy foot. I'm going to deal with it. So I was just sort of trying to wiggle it inside my shoe. Uh, okay. Let me scroll down to the bottom here, the Wars. Best moment, SJ's form. I've got a few because there's a lot to go on. It's a, I know it's the best, but it's a bit hard to couple them. A bit hard to separate these ones, so I wanted to couple them together. So SJ's form, um, almost I reckon probably as good as his form in his junior years when he took him to the GF. 2009. Yep. Yeah. I've also got the Wars playing back in New Zealand and just the fans being so elite, that's a, that was a great – I just think that was a great moment for them, for the fans to have their side back home, for the family to, to have their side back. And finally, rising from second last in 2022 to be in the top four this year. Uh, these are all massive. But SJ, I think for me, if I had to pick one, just his form. Yeah. It's the best moment. Uh, yeah, I guess the appointment of Andrew Webster, I guess that could be classified as the most defining, but um, that 100% was their best moment because it, it's turned them from a bottom eight side to a team that can fight for the eight every single year. Um, my best moment for them was actually their win against the Sharks in round five. We've talked about that a couple of times already. And I just, I just remember watching that. The and comeback game. Yeah, that was such a good win. And you were saying you were drafting a tweet. You are getting ready to mm. say this was a, an absolute spectacle. SJ, what, what, 38 metres out? He needs to kick the goal. It wasn't an easy kick. It was pretty direct on. But it, just at that moment, they'd come so far. If he missed the goal, you would have been like, okay, this is probably a fitting result for the game. That, mm. that the Sharks go on and win this one. But the fact that the Warriors overcome all, all that uh, pressure, 
it's not a warrior side we've seen since probably yeah. I, I would say 2017 when they started really hot. Such a good moment for them. Yeah, I may have to agree with you on that one. I think because there was so much like there was so much joy in SJ in the post game interview and stuff just when he was getting pulled up after the game and he was just so almost in disbelief. Uh, disbelief that it happened and sort of just chatting about to the boys about let's just go out there and just chuck it all out there and see what happens this might be the one that we're telling our grandkids about sort of thing and it did have that sort of I think what was it 26 to 8 or something like that I think there's a something like that but it ended up being 30 31 30 or 32 30 it was a great. It was a, and I think maybe that performance as well gave that team and SJ the, the belief that even up against sides that because they were getting pumped. Yeah, and it, it wasn't they were just getting well, not just on the scoreboard they were getting dominated that game. So I think that's why it was so surprising that they did turn that around and so impressive. Probably gave them the belief to sort of go on and have such a good year too. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Their worst moment. So for the Warriors' worst moment. Tough to find. Very tough to find. There's nothing in the regular season I can find. Mm-hmm. Week one against Penrith in the finals. They lost 42-6 against Penrith, and it was the first kind of week they'd lost really convincingly to a side. And I think everyone at that point was kind of thinking, oh, this is the shark syndrome all over again. You can't perform in the finals games, um, I guess they proved the next week that wasn't the case, but it kind of made everyone just think, okay, this Warriors run has just been a dream run and maybe everyone's excited for nothing. Um, I'm glad they won the next week because everyone kind of bought into that. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad the storyline in the offseason wasn't, oh, the Warriors need to make sure they can beat a top eight side, but... Um, in my opinion, probably the worst moment. Um, but that being said, as a Warriors fan, them losing and having another week to have a crack at it, it's not that bad, right? Yeah, I struggled to find a worst moment. I thought they were that impressive throughout yeah. the year. So what I did identify as a worst moment, I didn't want to say anything about the, the players or, you know, the, the, the team or the coach or anything like that. So I found that the worst moment was when they bloody – um, banned Shuavasa Shek <laughs> from doing his shoeys and going to the game. That wasn't long until um, he was reinstated back in the games. People revolted, and um, but I thought that was their worst moment. Not whoever sort of made that decision to originally not allow him to come into the game or ban him or whatever that was about. Uh, out of touch. I think you're 100 percent right. Out of touch with the common man. I think I'm off the mark with my worst moment. Because the Roger Shulvasashek is by far the worst moment. That, uh, by the way, back in round five, where the Warriors won against the Sharks, I'm pretty sure that was the birth of Up the Waz. Because Sean Johnson said it in the post game interview. Is that where it started? Well, there's a lot of speculation about oh, where I'd it started. Love to know so, that. Hey, so yeah. Sean Johnson said he got it from. I think it was like a news reader that said it somewhere or something. Like, was it almost? Was it almost a mistake to say Warriors, but you just say it really quickly? I don't, I, I don't know. It, oh, a few people have said it before. It's mad, though. It works. It works. Okay. And <laughs> I think um, after Penrith beat the Warriors in the first That's finals the game, up the pass <laughs> was trending for a bit. I'm glad it hasn't, like, caught on. Oh, it kind of has. There's a lot of merch getting around. I didn't buy into it. I've got some other merchandise that doesn't say up the pass. But the ones that the boys are all get, like, the, 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 the team uh, – um, sort of endorsing. Oh, how funny! It has up the pars and it's got the three peat with the fingers. Yeah, and, and didn't. Um, but that's a bit a bit tongue in cheek, having a laugh. Yeah, so. didn't they have it on their Instagram story? And one of them took it down because they were getting a bit of scrutiny. That for was it. when it originally happened. But yeah, yeah. Well, they've still sort of gone on with a bit, bit of a laugh. But I actually yeah. remember the week they won the grand final. Me and my daughter. It's not disrespectful. No, like no, no, it's not. It's like not it's a, no way deep within their culture or anything. Nah, it's a new thing. Or, uh, I think obviously with them banning Roger Shulvas's check, the Warriors. The Warriors um, home, the the people of the Warriors are just a bit sensitive by 
Oh, I think it was other people just going, oh, Penrith no. can't have that too. No, it was. It was uh, no, it was. Yeah, you're right. Penrith, you're like, right. People going, oh, it's big. Penrith trying to be the pars. Like, they're not the pars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but they're just true. having a laugh. I so. remember the week that Penrith won the grand final. Me and my daughter were out the front and we're using chalk and we're just chalking on the footpath. And I, I did this massive up the pars on the footpath and I left there for like two weeks. So I was yeah, I was so proud of it because it was like so perfect. Um, what's their most defining? So mine is the most defining moment for the Waz. Whatever Webby said or did pre-season to get that team to become the team they became. Yep. You know, they had the potential there and stuff, but they, they would that side had sort of make a few errors when they shouldn't, have poor discipline, not play for 80 minutes in the past. Webby yeah. came along there and just sort of turned them into a real solid footy team. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't pinpoint it down. I didn't write anything down, but you could pinpoint it to anything. You could, you could say it's probably Webby, to be honest. Could be the return of going back home as well. They went back home last year, though, didn't they? I don't don't think so. Not for a full season. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like June was their first game there. But um, it could be Webby. It could be, I mean, you could say Fanor Blake or Tohu Harris having one of their better years. SJ, Chance being great out the back. Dallin getting it together. Like... Yeah. I think you could pinpoint I put that it down to the to the Webby. big coach there. All right, let's go to the Melbourne Storm. Um, the Warriors just seemed like they had a great season, and you can't really fault how they went. So, um, with the Melbourne Storm, their best moment for mine, I've written it down. It is. I haven't got a best moment. Oh, I'll try them in. Best moment for the Storm for me is the 54-10 to 10 win in round 15 against the Sharks. Or, I've got a second one, the, excuse the pronunciation, Fa'alongo. Fa'alongo. Slash Pappenhausen combination try, that little thing oh, where they were sort, yeah. of just sort of running out of space, running down the blind yep. side and looked like they needed another like inch to make it happen but they just sort of kept running around each other and passing it back to each other and it was – and just the way that they embraced each other and jumped up and like Pappy was just returning back to the game. That kid I think was either his debut or a game or two. Was his in, debut, yeah. yeah. So just for them to just sort of share that moment and be so pumped and excited – Oh, and after doing something so elite and athletic, it was so fun. That was their best moment, I think. That was just exciting. And, like, I guess they should be rivals. Like, I know in a professional rugby league club, they're yeah. not going to be rivals, but there was no tension between them. You could tell they were both genuinely excited for each other. Yeah, I think you kind of got to be. You've got to just, you know... In a team environment. What are you trying to make it closer again for? I'm trying to, like, sit I'm like, I'm trying to sit it nicely Oh, okay, for you. cool. I'm, th- I'm really paranoid that I need to get closer. I'm thinking, if it's any closer, bro, I'm going to have to deep throw this <laughs> thing. Um, Can so, you deep throw it? Oh, without touching the sides, man. You should see this thing. <laughs> I could probably fit it between my teeth. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that in those sorts of situations, yeah, you're going to be a little bit competitive with the bloke and you want to just put your best foot forward, but you also want to be supportive and nurture. Like, Pappy, you'd want to nurture this young guy sort of coming through. And the young guy would want to also be so stoked for Pappy, you know, because they, they, they're both sort of doing the same thing. So, And Pappy being out of the game for a bit and being able to get back into it, great moment from both. Yeah, well, I didn't have an actual best moment like that, so I'm glad you got to pick something out like that. We will go to the worst moment, but I think since you're talking about Pappy, in my opinion, their most defining was it was just Pappy from the start. Not being there? Yeah. Because that's like they have the best spine in the comp, hands down. Without Pappy there, um, it brings them back to even playing field and it shows the cracks throughout their side, like their forward pack, their outside backs. Not necessarily the best in the game. Um, They're good and Bellamy gets the best out of them, but um, 
without Papenhuis in there, it kind of shows a lot of cracks. Mm. Um, and I think just him not being back for so long was their most defining. But in another sense, having Nick Meany there, he did the job. So that's also most defining in a way that they still finished top four. Yeah, so that'll lead into what mine's pretty kind of similar. My most defining is that top four with their roster. So you have identified that they've got a really good spine. It, I mean, it's a little bit depleted swapping out Pappy for um, Meany. Meany's a handy footballer, but he's no Pappenhausen with that speed and just the way he can sort of finish off that little thing, you know, that moment. Yeah. yeah. So... But with that, with their squad, you know the storm. I feel like that they've gotten kind of a, a weaker over the years. They've just had to lose a lot of quality players like through to age, right? retirement, through yeah, or just through salary cap as well. So I think for them to have made the top four, like the, they top three, even if we've been technical, um, very impressive, especially when their sides that you thought should make the top eight that didn't. So yep. um, I've just got that they're just defining that they're, they're just winners. They're all – the Storm have got that right winning culture over the years that they just don't settle for second. What's their worst? Um, worst, 26 to nil loss against the Broncos in round one of the finals. So the Storm um, – I've got – they've got experience in the finals – they know, like they know how valuable it is to sort of win that first week of the finals, get that week off, and not have to go the long route to the grand final. And I really, I actually put money on the Storm in this game. I thought the Broncos would be the better is a is the better side and would probably still find their way in the grand final. But I thought they'd be the ones that ended up having to go the long way um, potentially. And if if anything, yeah. But I thought the Storm would be up for that game. I thought it'd be close. But yeah, twenty six to nil. That's actually a very good one. Um, but when the war went, just to sorry to cut you off. When the Wars in that round one was, you know, the same thing. Their worst moment was sort of that they didn't um, play well against uh, Penrith. Penrith and got sort of pumped. They didn't have that finals experience that the Storm yep. have, so you'd kind of expect them. You to kind of relied be, on that, yeah. And yeah, they didn't quite have it. I, I tried. I didn't actually consider that as the worst moment for them, but looking back, probably, yeah, there's a strong argument for it's, it. It's got to do a lot for your mental game as well, going yeah, into oh, the rest sure. of the finals. Well, like, the, we're that far apart from that side. Yeah, we're well, making the top four. And then being in a position where you can get into a grand final and losing by that much against a side that you've got a brilliant record against, mm. it, it's pretty much a, a recipe for just not a good end to the season. But what I had was Bulldogs went down to Amy Park in round two and beat them. And then the week after, they lost by four points to the Titans. Very bad. Yeah, I remember being a real slow start and starting to really start to think, is this the end of the yeah, storm? exactly. Being so, a side. Okay, so I yeah. thought the fact that they crawled back from that and got to the point where they were in the top four and even though they lost that finals game, they still overcame adversity. Mm-hmm. And that round two and three, yeah, I was legit thinking this could be the year that Melbourne don't actually – don't actually come through with it because well, they're not. Com- they're not really a threat, or they're not competitive. Could be one of the shitter sides, even just with you know yeah, the, exactly. the looming of Pappy. Seemed like it was never going to return. Mm. That was pretty obvious at the start of the season. I think even yeah. Well, I was pretty convinced that he probably wouldn't even play last season. Mm. Um, he did, I guess, but um, I guess we'll see how he goes next season. The Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos' best, best moment. So, I've got Ezra Mam's hat trick in the grand final. Yeah, that was to to to, to pull off a hat trick, and they were tries. They were one after another too. Yeah, weren't it was there a, was no other try. They were what's the word? It's um sequence. Yeah, sequence. But they use it in footy too. They'll say 
They're un, un, unanswered. Unanswered try. Yeah, so they were unanswered <laughs> tries. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, that means that the other team hasn't answered, responded with a try. Yeah, you know right. I mean? They're unanswered tries. Like you try, then they answer with one. Yeah. Well, resp- yeah. It's, it's a bit, sounds a bit like <laughs> Ray, I mean, Ray Warren I'm, answering I'm not surprised try. that's what the meaning is, but um, yeah, play on. Yeah, I, I think Ezra Mam's hat trick. Um, Epic. Yeah. That was by far like at that point. Poor that was cunt. that was their best moment of the season. There's, I just because I've, I've, I've watched the the Nathan try quite a fair bit. There's a moment where I thought, you know, where you like watch a movie and it's a great movie. It's one of your favourites, but you always find a little Easter egg in there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Something more. Oh, I've never seen that. Was well, this Ezra Mam sort of just fucking runs from the other side of the field after that runs over there, kind of a bit like. Ah, Does he like, actually? Yeah, he, he, he was not anywhere near that play and sort of runs from that side of the goalpost to over to sort of, I don't know, because like, I'm watching it from someone's, you know, phone thing there, but you can just see him sort of come oh. over and like, wonder what the words were like, you fucking serious? You just God. cost me a Clive Churchill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Poor little bugger. Well, we'll definitely clip that up and... um. And have the reading. See if you can find the moment. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Don't know. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think as I actually tried to look for a moment in the season. Like I think for a lot of these moments, we've been looking at certain games, um, certain moments in games. But um, their best moment came from a loss. Which I mean, it's a grand final. I think there's there was no better moment than that for them. Uh, but I guess that brings us to Especially after the third one. I mean, in at that point, in that time, in that moment, because we're talking about best moments, you know what I mean? Yeah. That moment, every Brisbane fan, probably nearly every Bronco player actually thought that they were there. Probably every Brisbane fan at home would have got out their hard solos. Probably and every started- Penrith Panther player except for... Nathan Cleary. <laughs> What's their worst moment? Worst, oh, so I've got a best moment for them. I've got their best moment is just their finals campaign. 26 to nil in week it was one a, against it the Storm. It was a good finals campaign. Then 42 to 12 against the Wiles. Like, just getting it done. And then really sticking it to the Panthers, you know, being pretty much could have done it. It was just a moment of... They were the only team that were going to do it. And... I think for a long time during the season, I actually thought that Brisbane weren't as good as they ended up being. Oh, no, I reckon. And, but, like, you look on were. paper and it just makes so much sense. If you go back over the season to and look at it, they're just getting it done mm. and they're just winning a lot of them pretty confidently. They smashed a lot of sides too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, fuck, they were good. All right, worst you were asking me, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, worst. So not being able to finish the job, um, yeah. you know, 24 to 8, 16 minutes to go. Panthers need to score three tries to beat them, to take away everything from them. And then that that letting that Nath score that try, I, I, I can't be too critical of them <laughs> because – I got gassed after doing a few of these ones at MG's active oh, and yeah. some rowing. I'm sure after all 80, of that 80 minutes, they were gassed. 80th minute. And actually look back at the video you took. So I uploaded that on TikTok and thank you because that did well on TikTok for me. No, you're <laughs> yeah, right. No it got, worries. It got, got like 20,000 views or something. But um, you see just Mitch Kenny constantly passing to that left side and you're like – what are they doing? Like they're they're not looking for an overlap here. Like, mm. what, what's what, the play? What's the play? Like, mm. what are they setting up for? And obviously, by the time it came to Nathan Cleary, they were just they were just trying to wear out whoever they were running at. Like that, they were just running at mm. a bunch of people. And by the time, trying to just slip in one inch of mistake of someone just to. And, yeah, like and, and it's funny, like doing that MG class, it just makes you think about moments like that. Like you now 100% get why that happens. You've because got to, yeah, why they train and they're just doing all this hard. And they've got to be, they've got to be fit. Like after doing that little 
15 minutes of exercise that, you know, I had little rests with and everything and I was taking the piss half of it, you know what I mean? Not even yeah. doing it as good as I probably should have been. Um, there's no way I could have helped any of them in that situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's no way I could. Yeah. I mean, apart from the fact you built the size of it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to be too critical, but I just feel like if they were all there again, I wish they, they probably all wished that the ones that were involved in that moment wish they probably could have just dug that little bit harder. Yeah. But I think guess that that those moments will be something that'll really inspire those players to sort of dig that little bit harder and you know with Penrith they had to lose one to get what they have. Do you think Yeah, hundred percent. Do you think the Broncos are in that position? Because they've already lost players. Adam Reynolds is like No, he, I think they're gonna be a like a you top so? four side for the next five years. Do you think they'll win a comp in the next four years? Yeah, I do. I don't. I just I think do. I just think this was the year for them to do it. No, they've got, they're a young side that around yeah, just get Paddy Carrigan getting a bit. I know they they might lose some players or whatever. I just think Adam Reynolds. Paddy, yeah, but he can. I know he's a great player. But would you say that about Nathan Cleary? Like. Could we win without Nathan Cleary? Yeah. Adam Reynolds ain't Nathan Cleary, for one thing, but... You're he's, right. He's, you know... Like, I guess they've got Reese Walsh, and he, he's a much better player than Edwards is. Oh, I oh, think Reese Walsh is their secret. That's a little yeah. secret up their sleeve, man. They just need they just need a halfback that puts him in the position, like kind of like a um, Cogger, I guess, or a Hastings with the side. Yeah, that, I mean, time will tell, man. They'll, they'll sort that out, and... I just think the amount of other talent and skill that they have around there, like Cobbo's only going to get better, big yep. and grow into his body. Carrigan's, you know, amazing. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there. What is their most defining moment of the year? Defining. Um, okay, getting Walsh back to the club, like having him back at the club, just because, like, for me. I remember watching him play at the Warriors and, it, you know, everyone being like, oh, how could the Broncos have let this guy go? And I'm like, yeah, they let this guy go when they're struggling. So what are they thinking letting this guy go? And, like, they were playing Tamari Martin at fullback. They were playing um- – But then the thing, the point is, though, I thought he was good at the Warriors and showed a lot of potential, finesse little skillful guy. But just how much he grew in 12 months to become, like, a t- young, talented kid to a superstar in the space of 12 months – I think having him back at their club and if they can keep him there for a long time, they've got a lot to grow around. I'm pretty sure they got him on like 400K at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see when he upgrades because... I reckon that, yeah, they just need to keep him there. Yeah, well, I don't think he's leaving. I think he went back to the club for a reason. Um, And after having this year, he'll want to take the club back to um, a premiership. Mm. I actually wrote down Ezra Mam's hat trick. I don't know why that will be most defining. I guess I think that is the most defining point in their season just because if they were up by four four points at that point, I don't think they would have let Penrith get through. I think the fact that they were up so much, physically they clocked out. I don't know what you mean. I think Ezra Mam's hat trick and them getting a massive lead oh, in, yeah. that, in that grand final. I think a lot of them guys checked out in defence. Had they been, had they just kept up with the grind? Maybe their imaginations and like they, they, when they weren't present in the moment, they started to think about the celebrations and yep. the, and all the. No, but that's that's what I mean. Say yeah. Ezra Mam only scored one or two tries and they weren't like. I don't well think mentally ahead. they went. Oh, we're fucking there no, now. No, but. but yeah. Mentally, they do like subconsciously at least. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, see um, what you mean. I just think the fact that sports science, <laughs> the fact that they got out so much, I think that probably was the most defining point of the season because that's that's a premiership or not a premiership moment. And I think like Penrith completed it ninety seven percent. They didn't throw too much at them until that last 17 minutes when they both so, got the hiccups. Yeah, when they were so far ahead. Um, I just think Brisbane had more to offer 
and to take away with that game. Yeah, they should have won for sure. Yeah. All right, Penrith. Yep. Let's um, let's start with the worst. <laughs> yeah. So just the the Tigers. Yep. Loss. I got that as well. Um, although I think it was you know the worst moment for them losing to the worst side. I guess it was maybe the loss that they needed, making them realise that you know. Anyone can beat them on their day if they don't all turn up and yep. pay pay respect. And so I think if it was if they just lost to any old side, the the conditions didn't help. Being it was so sloppy, but you know it was they were both playing in the same conditions and they train in those and they're all used yep. to it. So, what well, yep. that was the worst moment for me, and I think. At that point, they'd lost... But to be fair, it was a great moment for the Tigers, yeah. so not take anything away from the, them either. They lost to the Broncos at that point. They lost to Parramatta, both by one point. They nearly lost to Newcastle. They beat Newcastle by one point, mm-hmm. and they lost to the Tigers. It was just looking like Penrith weren't invincible. And they had been for the last three seasons, so it's kind of like a shock to the system. Why are Penrith not performing the way they used to? Uh, the attack uh, it in at times looked like it was just not as like, lethally potent. Yep. But but I think they they needed that for sure. Most defining. I'm pretty confident on this one. Yeah. Right. Shoot. Nathan Cleary getting injured. Against the Georgia Laura Dragons after Origin. It gave him that. He likes to have a little bit of a time off, doesn't he? He likes to go back to the study books and draw some images on the wall. No, but it's not only that. Like every year, it's giving Cleary a rest before the final series, which has been the, the benefit and letting him come back hungry. But I think he would have been hungry anyway. But I think it was giving Jack Cogger just. Enough game time, time for them to have the confidence to put him on in the grand final. Like, imagine if he hadn't had that time during the season playing halfback, they would have played someone shock. like they would have played someone like Jamin Salmon, uh, even Luke Garner, because they had well, Sonny Luke. Could you imagine Sonny Luke coming off the bench of the grand final? Probably would have. Cleary would have been calling for the ball with a minute to go, and he would have taken the scoot. <laughs> Don't give, don't be harsh on Sony. He's, he was having trouble with his hamstrings. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I think by far, I, I can't think of a more defining moment than that. Well, I've got defining moment is winning three in a row. Actually, winning it because now that they're like they un, they are undisputed champions, undisputed. They um, is that why you wore this today? Oh yeah, of course. I knew we get to be talking about the Panthers and uh, their success. But that they've got, look, if they didn't win, they'd be always considered a, a wonderful side. Yeah, they'd be like, oh yeah, that was good. And they, man, they, you know, they lost in twenty twenty. They, they, it's two years they won, and then they, yep. we lost this one. Then there's, yeah, we lost there. But just to like be in the grand final four years in a row, win three of them consecutively as well, it just cements them and just gives them that legacy. And yeah, it's awesome. For me, that's the most. Defining, defining. Just to, it um, establishes that. In my opinion, most defining means the most defining moment that that led to the outcome of. The yeah, season. I see what you mean, but I've got that as that defines them as a team. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. That's yeah. a, that's a good example. Uh, I left this to last best moment. Yep. Okay, so let me see. I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious that try. I think it's the try. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I've got – it's the ninth try. The try itself was not that fantastic. It was just a little step no, inside. No, it, it wasn't, but the moment was – The moment itself, but I think it, it was the whole situation of the boys being down by 16 points – Nathan needing to step up and him having all those massive moments which led to that 
final opportunity for him to, you know, be in front of the line with a minute to go and him being the one that had that final, like, just just that cherry on top, that flag in the ground and just that ah, moment after he scores. You Can know? I just say the top three moments of the year for Penrith Panthers – were Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary's trial was number one in the grand final. Number two, it was the 40-20, not too long before that. Like, when that happened, I was just like, whoa. Similar feeling when Penrith played Parramatta earlier in the season and he kicked that two-point field goal. Mm. They're the top three moments for Penrith. Both Nathan Cleary, both just... The Iceman. The Iceman. Absolute goat and... Oh, is four is four going to happen? If he wants it to. If he wants it to. Mm. Uh, I actually recommend you listen to Let's Trot with Josh Mansell. And I haven't he, listened to that yet. I was kind of interested. To, I was a bit busy. It was about a 50-minute listen, though, wasn't it? Uh, with Nathan Cleary? Yeah. Felt like it went very quickly. Oh, like, I would. Good things uh, <sighs> seem to go fast. I, uh, he, he did an interview with... Um, also did one with Bronson Sherry. Isaac John earlier in the year. Okay, yep. Um no, uh Nathan Cleary. Oh yep. That but that was before they Yeah, I watched that they one. Won. And he also did one with Bam Bam Tuvasa at DM Podcast Studio. I didn't watch that one. I watched the one with um uh Pedro, what's it? Oh, Tyson yeah, that, Pedro. That, that's it. Sorry, I don't, I don't know the difference between them sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. That the one at Dan Podcast Studio. That was very similar. And I to thought that was a cool podcast because he was just like Tyson Pedro. Was just like he's, he's new to it, and he was just yeah. really raw. And yeah. I liked the way he just asked the questions. It was just kind yeah. of like, yeah, very similar to the Let's Trot one. Josh Mantor isn't actually the greatest interviewer, but I think he's probably getting better. Like uh, I've listened to his earlier ones. He was. Not that great. Good at the personality, start. great charisma. I thought the opposite. I thought just maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Do you want to like you calling him out, bro? No, <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm very similar in podcasts where it seems like he's just putting on his personality. Maybe people think that I'm doing that in podcasts as well, but it just, oh, it just, just, I don't know. No, I don't Does think it, so. I don't, I don't even got that from him. He's just a. <laughs> He's a mad dog. Yeah, right. If you don't know, you should know. <laughs> well, then I should know. Well, there you go. He's definitely getting better, though. So uh, maybe it just maybe j- he just doesn't feel comfortable. Oh, I don't think it's his natural. No, it's not. Platform. It's definitely not his natural. But I think so, it's a. But that's a great thing about podcasting. It allows yeah. different people to sort of. Oh, for sure. Like in the podcast, um, Nathan Cleary was saying that. Josh Mansell is one of the more outgoing guys oh, uh, for, for, yeah. for, for Penrith. So the fact that that's the case, maybe it's just the public speaking type of thing that's yeah, making Yeah, some of nervous. those things so, don't always actually so translate. So maybe it is natural. Maybe I'm wrong. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm not the most extroverted person in public, but I talk on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Vine rankings, should we do some Vine Oh, yeah, there we go. Vine rankings. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'll put some effort into this. So, first of all, you'd like to start by acknowledging and apologising to Greg Alexander for (laughs) being disrespectful towards him. And obviously, yeah, yeah, so would in, included him. In the, just- la- in the last blind rankings for Penrith Legends, um, I clipped it up, put it on Instagram. The SC experience on Instagram, if you're not aware, if you're listening. Um, I clipped it up and I accidentally cut out when Timmy was – when I was asking him if Cleary's the best Panther of all time, Timmy mentioned Freddie and Brandy. Like, he's not sure where they all kind of sit. Like, they're obviously up there. And I cut out Brandy. Left left Freddie in the clip like it looked like I was just acknowledging Freddie's existence and poor Brandy just was, like, got brushed over. He's my childhood hero. Um, so sorry, Brandy. And- but it's not only that. It's since we've had that session with Mark Geyer, he's... He's been liking our stuff on Instagram. Like, he's been liking a lot of stuff. Yeah, and he, he messaged you and said that Brandy's in the top 
Three. If Brandy's in the top three, I don't think he knows how blind rankings But do you know work. what? Yeah, I think a lot of people get confused too. Like sometimes when we were doing the ones with like um, Winston or... Yeah. Um, a lot of people comment like... Why didn't you include this place? Yeah. We're just giving you a random five people and the idea it's... If we just gave you the, the top five players from any team, then... It's not really blind. You know where you're probably going to be putting yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so yeah, it's the kind of fun parties that there could be a guy in there that you might rank, you know, the, in the 40th best player for a club, but he ends up being in the blind rankings of five and you've got to chuck him in. So Yeah, exactly. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Blind rankings, let's go. Okay. So this is um, Manly Greats. And I will preface... For the staunch um, people over, I'm really scared of people in the eastern suburbs. They're just like really edgy, and I don't want to upset any of them. I don't want any of them driving all the way down to um, our lovely area here in the western suburbs to try call me out to fight me because we haven't included one of their greats. So I've tried to include one of their greats. So be prepared for that. Normally, and he is before our time. Yep. So a bit of a warning on that. Okay. Jamie Lyon. Five. Okay. Cliff Lyons. Three. Oof. Steve Menzies. Two. Bob Fulton. Four. Jeff Toovey. Fuck. <laughs> Number one. There's got to be an investigation. <laughs> So you've got okay. You're all right. So you, the thing we've got to preface here is you're not a real manly no, fan. No, I'm not. I so, like like I Cliff Lyons. I've heard he's great. Haven't seen a minute of him play. To okay, be so he, yeah, he's probably a little bit for you. I did get he's, to see a he, bit of him he, play. He, he, he probably should be one. No, Cliff Lyons would be two because Bob Fulton's an immortal. Oh, is he? Yeah. So oh fuck. Yeah, Bob Moore. I've just done done my homework. So thirty five caps for Australia, sixteen for. New South Wales and an immortal. Um, I'd, I, my order would be Bob Fulton, number one, Cliff Wines, number two, Steve Menzies, number three. I'd go Tuvi at four. See, the, problem, the problem with this is you do it from a perspective of, of old people. No. No, 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 because these people we don't know and I like to do blind rankings based on – how many views it's going to get on TikTok. And the people watching on TikTok have no fucking idea who Cliff Lyons and Bob Fulton is. Well, I have no idea who Cliff Lyons and Bob Fulton oh, is. I'm sorry about that. No, no, that's fine. So, but the blind rankings is fun regardless. Like, mm. like it's a good game. Um, but, yeah, Cliff Lyons, Bob Fulton, Steve Met- – see, the reason I had all these players in position is because I thought Tom Trebojevic was coming – and I, I was. And you can't put him above. I was putting him at number one. Yeah, but you can't do that. You yeah, can't. Put can. him, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Did Bob Fulton get a daily M medal? Um, I think. I think. So. I don't think they had it. I'm pretty sure it started in like 19. 19- I don't know. Yeah. Well, Cliff Lyons has got two daily M's and one Clive Churchill. When you've Tom Trevojevic number one still. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. I guess you said you said at the start. I'm not a true manly fan. Like it, it's funny because like we always do. Like when Winston came on, we did Bulldogs Legends because he's diehard Bulldogs fan. With you, we do Panthers Legends. Uh, with Tommy Cooper, um, deep into the line fame, uh, we did Rabbitohs Legends. Like it's all fitting, but for me, like you're just not a loyal person with any allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my wife's going to love that. <laughs> um, I honestly couldn't tell you because I was a Bears would you fan. Like, would you like me to do some modern, more modern players? No, no, that's okay. I was a Bears fan growing up and then they got kicked out of the comp and I was a Parramatta fan until 2001, the day of the grand final. My best mate um, was wearing a Newcastle jersey. It was jersey day at school. It was like the weekend of the grand final. Mm. Um, and he was wearing a Newcastle jersey. So I came home that day and decided 
I'm going for Newcastle. Put a Newcastle sticker on the TV to pledge my allegiance to Newcastle, and they won. And I've got to tell you, I've never been more passionate about a team than I was for Newcastle at that time because um, just Joey over the next couple of years, like he was my favourite player by far. Mm-hmm. He was um, he was so elite, like 2005. I remember him dominating against the Dragons one day. He made like 40 tackles, set up a couple of tries, kicked a goal from the corner to win it. Um, I And I remember he um, – there, there was a player going down the sideline and he like tackled them out. He just had – he was just such a good player. I loved him. Good uh, skateboarder. Good, good skateboarder, good on good, the beers. Good dancer as well. And he's just like real smart. I love Joey. And I think when he left, it went to shit because they were trying to find the next Joey. But then Cleary came. There was a um, oh what was it? So the Clarkie's column put up a thing the other day saying, um, if there was a rugby league documentary or movie that would come out, what would you want it to be? And someone posted a story saying it should be a movie that's... Have you ever seen Like Mike? I think so when I was a kid, yeah. So he suggested that the movie should be... I'm thinking of Space Jam, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The the movie should be like Like Mike, but instead of the guy finding the basketballers' sneakers and, like, putting them on and becoming great, it should be a kid wearing Joey's footy boots and turning into like a great of the game. And I responded to him saying, and we should call it the story of Nathan Cleary. <laughs> That's I don't good, mind isn't it. it? I don't mind it. I don't mind. I don't know what I'd, I'd I think there should be more footy. Oh, for sure. Movies. There's space for it. Oh, for sure. Footy legends was elite, wasn't it? The one with, um, Ando. Mm. It's funny because, like, all the typical Australian actors were in it. Mm. Righto. Righto. Um, that's it for the year. Cool. For On The Burst. So, we'll be back next year, I guess. Yep. We hope. Well, it's just like a couple. Of, it's about sort of week it's and a half next week. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have some news. If you are here late in the episode, then you're an OG, so you deserve to hear this. February 3rd, I'm playing in a charity match and the captains were announced for the charity match today. So Sports Shed TV do a charity match. Uh, they started it this year and then they raised like $12,000 for Mark Hughes Foundation and for Ronald McDonald House. Um, they're doing it again, February 3rd at League Oval. They'll be selling tickets very shortly. Nice. So, um, sure to get some of those. Yeah, I'll make sure to uh, announce this on future podcasts as well when all the announcements come out. But uh, the captains were announced today. I think there's going to be a little bit of a draft going on. Um, oh, so you could be the guy that get, gets picked last, like at school. That's I, I could be that's last. I could be last. <laughs> I could be first. Um, but the captains are Shaq TV. Mm-hmm. If you've seen him on TikTok and Nick Stav, um, you probably don't know either. Right. Of these I'm, yeah, I'm not a social media, but guy, they're so. like they've got like both got five hundred thousand TikTok followers, so they're they're pretty big. John cool. Bernard is playing in the they match. They do footy stuff, do they? Nick Stav does soccer stuff and okay. Shaq TV does like, oh, Esha's bar, Esha's bar. Okay. Um, and it's funny because John Bernard is actually playing in the match, but he's not captain. I think they probably would have wanted him to. He's, be, he's, a, he's, he's, he's a footy guy. For he's a footy guy. Italy Play for Manly. Italy as well or something? Is it Italy? Was that the nation he? No, Lebanon. Played? Okay, Lebanon, yeah. So. Um, so he'll be playing. I think he might have just not been captain because he's, been over in the States for a while. So just would have been hard for him to do all this stuff that they got coming up. So um, very excited. I think, I think Winston's playing. So hopefully I'm on the other side. Smash him. Fucking smash the Take cunt. his head off. Um, who else? Roasty. Okay. And our roast. I'm pretty sure he'll be running at me. 
He's a big bopper. He's still the sort of, like, I'd have him running at me and I'd sort of do the thing you did at school where you just, uh, you grab him by the back of the jersey and just ankle, you wait for him to run past. <laughs> yeah. You attack him, you don't stand in front of him. I think the rugby league guru potentially, um, there was word. Him and Roche just going. No, there was word about him. It's just whether he wants to play or not. So I guess we'll see what happens. But um, SE playbook potentially. I I actually don't know. Goxie would have been a great one to get involved. Who? Goxie. He could be there. I I actually don't know the lineup. So I hope he's playing. So I'll know the lineup very shortly. Camry's too hot. Well, there we go. Cheers for listening, guys. We'll 